here's my question for you is the pressure too high i personally think the psg won't even be a finalist that think? statement of yours is going in a teaser for sure do not believe it because costa joining them basically just highlights the sort of player profile they look at right people who can just irritate their opponents punch them in their faces and just keep at it barcelona is just not what barcelona used to be it's group f baby i think una emery just loves the europa league too much like i honestly think they might tank and lose the champions league to get straight into the europa league as soon as they can you know that we have oh we are done with all the groups we are actually done with them interestingly that was pretty cool oh, i didn't i didn't i, I didn't hear arsenal at all Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of All About Sports the podcast. Before we get into this week's episode, a quick reminder of last week's episode. We covered the Formula 1 season so far. It was a mid-season review looking ahead to what we think the end of the season will look like, who will win, who will lose and who's impressed us so far. But with that, let's get into this week. This week the Champions League draws just came out this week, so we're all super excited at the time that we're recording. it's kind of fresh on our minds so we wanted to cover it and discuss the teams who were excited about what are some of our predictions for how the champions league is going to go so that's the focus of this week's episode as a quick reminder to everyone this is all about sports the podcast where the podcast by the fans for the fans where you it's usually four of us today there's just two of us on the, on the call we have uh, shubham malu shubham what's up <laughs> Hey hi guys uh, to all our viewers and listeners thank you for your continuous support and uh, with season 2 kicking off uh, last week like rishabh said we've just covered f1 and now it is time for champions league uh, so yeah the champions league draws out and i think we'll straight get into it uh, group a has man city psg uh, club bruges and rb leipzig and i think that group is a solid group i think it's it's perhaps the strongest this group in terms of uh, uh city and psg being there the teams are scary man they're really really scary uh, what are your thoughts on it what do you think of group a no you 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 covered it perfectly malu i think you know one thing i've realized and i've started to find especially with the last year with the you know the covid hit year there'll still be some continuation of that into this year i expect there to be cases coming up people to be coming going in and out the teams that have the biggest depth are likely to be the most successful and i think psg despite having so much so many heavy hitters at the top also strangely have a good amount of backup right they have icardi coming on the bench for them from a striker perspective in a midfield perspective they just brought in weinhalden they already have paredes marco verratti rafinha and herrera their team is stacked pablo sarabia julian draxler So they're a very stacked team, and then Manchester City. Obviously, we all know from for a while now have so many people, especially with Grealish coming in this season, to back them up off the bench. So from a squad depth perspective, I think they're perfectly set to compete in four tournaments, right? Or maybe for PSG, it's three tournaments. They're perfectly set for that because especially with COVID, we know people are going to fall out. Here's my question for you: Is the pressure too high, especially on PSG? because i find when they build when teams build these super teams to deal with the champions league very rarely are they successful like i think ps i think barcelona when they had that trio of msn they won the champions league one year but other than that they weren't like the phenomenal back to back force they were i personally think the psg won't even be a finalist i don't think they have cuz wow, i just feel man. This- Dude, there's too much randomness, man, and there's too much pressure. What yeah. do you think? What do you that think? That statement of yours is going in a teaser for sure. Dude, I'm not. 
what i think is uh, see when we talk about psg uh, since since their takeover i think they've always had the project of winning the champions league uh i think obviously the champions league is their biggest prize and and, and an accompl- accomplishment they won because winning the french league is is no biggie they like it's almost like a walk in the park for them and, and now, somehow see, they lost about, it i don't understand yeah, how they yeah. lost it last year <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, sorry. That's, true. that's true but see right now if you look at the psg squad up front you have uh, mbappe neymar and messi if mbappe stays um, you have neymar and messi messi is a four time champions league winner i think neymar is also like a two or three time champions league winner they've just got in ramos who's again a four time champions league winner they have di maria who's won it with real madrid and um, i'm sure there must be some maybe one two players more who won it so the, the idea is that psg they have players who've been there done that they know what it takes to win the champions league especially with messi and ramos coming to the squad uh those guys are like just like supremely elite athletes and who won it won everything on the big stage so i i personally think psg would certainly be favorites to win the champions league uh i i i actually see them going all the way through uh if if mbappe leaves then be very interesting if mbappe leaves then uh, obviously they still have di maria who's a fantastic player and can and can probably take on Uh, a winger position uh, but yeah i think mbappe neymar and messi makes them like such a strong proposition that if they don't make it to the finals i think it's such a fail it's such a fail and on the other hand talking about city city i think uh, city last year they were finalists right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah city chelsea city chelsea yep yep they are finalists they are desperate to win the champions league they have uh, they have an amazing squad and they just signed uh, grealish yep they need a striker they need a striker who can guarantee them like 20 goals maybe i don't think jesus is is cut out to do that they missed out on kane missed out on ronaldo because obviously ronaldo would always come to the red half of manchester but yeah according to me these two teams are are um are the teams to look out for and what is very interesting about group a is because this is my personal opinion i think psg and man city are favorites and in group a itself you get to see them compete against each other twice so you'll get a very clear cut understanding of which team is uh, which team perhaps has, has the upper hand absolutely no i i think you covered perfectly malo and i think the one fatal flaw for city is going to be their striker i'm still taking to the bank psg don't make the finals even i'm just taking that i think there's way too much pressure for them but we'll see we'll see obviously at the end of the season how it finishes so it's probably a good starting point there's not too much to say about rb leipzig i love rb leipzig they're a great young team oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. hold on hold on hold on oh yeah, yeah. we're still on group a we're still on group a but uh, yeah. i i thought i thought you moving on to group b because yeah. group a we, uh, between man city and psg who do you think will finish first and second Uh I think PSG does finish first. I think they do finish top of the table. I think like you said um in the first in the group stage at least I think them not having a proper striker will be City's Achilles heel. Um and I I think it it'll show up in the group stage. I think they'll start to make up. I also think their squads are in a bit of haziness because they've been trying to get Harry Kane. They tried now they're obviously trying to get Ronaldo and so I think their squad was a little bit you know shaken up because of that so i think they'll they'll have some trouble in the initial stages but i'm sure they'll recoup it as they get to the end of the group stage and going to into the into the knockouts but i think psg will take the group stages yeah so and, and you know i also feel with city i think recently pep announced that 2023 is when he wants to take a break and perhaps leave city so he has two years left and he has i'm i'm sure like these two years the only goal he'll have is to win the champions league 
because otherwise it does raise a lot of questions on on Pep's ability as a manager also because other than his amazing success at Barcelona which is obviously down to the amazing squad he had he's not won it with Bayern and if he doesn't win it with City for the next two years then that raises questions on Pep too so I think he would be desperate to win the Champions League I think what he's thinking is hopefully he sees PSG enough that he can be their next manager I think that's his next ah, step for him I think that's his I think that's his next move uh, but with that <laughs> let's go on to Group B because Group B um, has the Spanish champions this year, Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto, and AC Milan. I think both of us know who the, you know, who the favourites in that group are. I think Atletico Madrid, Madrid and Liverpool. What are your thoughts on Liverpool, Malu, specifically? Because Liverpool is a bit of an interesting team. They haven't made a whole lot of moves in this offseason. They're largely a consistent squad from last year. The big, the big benefit is they just have people returning from injury, right? Hopefully, Virgil van Dijk can stay in consistently. Um, and Allison stays in consistently. They don't have to, you know, sub in any, you know, sub in either of those positions. They should be hopefully good, right? Can they make a run the Champions League? Because they do have. I feel like they play the kind of style that tends to be successful in the Champions League. What do you think about Liverpool this year? You know, you know, with Liverpool, uh, it's it's very in- like it's not interesting. I just don't understand. If you think about it, in the last couple's uh, windows, transfer windows, they haven't spent big. They haven't like gotten any world-class player. Or, or as a matter of fact, they haven't changed up the starting eleven too much. Their their front three remain the front three, and like you said, b- because last season they had uh, Van Dijk and Gomez. I think they were out on uh, season-long injuries. Now they are back, so the defense looks strong. But I just feel Liverpool, in terms of squad depth, uh, especially comparing to English clubs, you take. City, you take Chelsea, you take United also as a matter of fact this season. Uh, I don't think they have that much squad depth. Uh, so to compete for the Champions League and Premier League, I think I think it'll be too tough for them. You make a good point because I also think, you know, when you when you look at that, you make a good point. It, it's, it's interesting. They remind me a lot of Arsenal from a few years ago. Every season at the start of the at the start of the transfer season, they look like they're super interested in people. Last year, I remember they were very keen on Werner. I remember right as we were getting into the end of the season, there were some talks with Mbappe possibly being interested in a move here. And eventually, like, completely fall through and there's no way close to them getting any of these people. So, you're right. Very quiet in the transfer window. And I think, like you said, they just don't have the depth. If any one of those... They need every one of those players. If Van Dijk or one of the front three go down, maybe Jota can sub in to some extent, but they, they need their full squad. I think if they keep their full squad, they can be solid, but they do rely a bit on that. No, also, also in in terms of um, Liverpool, the way they play, the way Liverpool play on the club, it's super high intensity. So to have those eleven players, or maybe like say 13, 14 players, to play high intensity, thirty-eight games in the league, and on top of that, you add Champions League, uh, and 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 also keep in mind because of COVID and the World Cup coming up, and players have just played Euros. There are too many fixtures in a congested span of just twelve months or fifteen months. I, I just do I think players will get tired. I just don't think they would have the legs and the stamina uh, to last at that level, competing against squads that that are that are much better squad depth. No, I I I think so. That I completely agree, and it it hits back to the point of like PSG City, where like deep squads tend to be the most successful in these tight, fast turnaround seasons. I did have a quick question on Atletico because Atletico is a very confusing team to me. I love to see them win because they're such an underdog in Spain. I always am excited for them because, you know, I love Diego Simeone. He's such a passionate guy. And what he's done with this team to compete in the La Liga, win the La Liga this season, and he's won it once before. He's been a Champions League finalist twice. They're always a solid team. 
I hate watching them play though because they're always so dirty. They're so they make so many uh, tactical fouls. They're a slow team to watch, but a, a couple of key things they were able to keep as of now. Saul Nogueras is still Saul is still playing with them. There were big talks of him potentially moving to Barcelona, but as of now he's still playing for Atletico. What do you think of this team? Are you excited for them? Suarez, of course, still playing for them. Any aspirations? Because they have reached the Champions League final twice, and I would argue not, weren't the second best team both times. Is there any potential for them to kind of outshine their opponents? Uh, so with Atletico, see, I, uh, to be to be honest, I haven't followed much of the transfer activity. Uh, but I, I feel at least like just talking about the group stage, not talking about the latter half of the tournament. Talking about the group stage, I think, um, you know, I, I actually see them even finishing first, f- finishing right on top of the group. Uh, because because like you mentioned, the way they play, it's very, very defensive. And if you remember, there was uh, Atletico versus uh, Liverpool. I think a couple seasons back in the Champions League when they did a massive turnaround at Anfield. Uh, so I, I, I do feel with Simeone being a fantastic manager and these guys, are like like their squad, is, they are just so rugged in nature and they will stick it in and they will keep on running and fighting and it can get dirty. I think, uh, 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 what's his name, man? Chelsea striker who was an Atletico Madrid striker as well. Uh, oh, uh, Morata. No, Morata's now at Juve. Morata is now at Juve. Is it Marada? No, another one. Uh, oh, Diago. Costa. Diego Costa. Costa, I, Costa. I think Costa has joined them again, right? So he had. I don't think he's on the squad anymore, though. He was at one oh. point. I don't think he's on the squad anymore. Uh, let me see who he plays for now. I don't know if he's still... No, because Costa joining them basically just highlights the sort of player profile they look at, right? People who can just irritate their opponents, punch them in the faces and just keep at it. Uh, so yeah, yeah in, in terms of Atletico, very interesting, but they are going to be tough opponents to beat and uh, I do personally think that they would probably finish top of the group followed by Liverpool but let's not rule out Milan Milan were pretty good last year in in, in the Italian league um, so I think Milan will also be tough competition uh, but yeah according to me it's Atletico and Liverpool that's true Milan actually yeah Milan you know have been improving consistently year over year so hopefully they can I think in make- Milan there's been a sort of a resurgence you know both the clubs Inter and AC uh, especially last year, both of them started playing well. Inter won the league. They broke, I think, Juventus's 11-year con- consecutive league record yep. uh, by finally winning the league. Uh, but again, Inter, they 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 have lost Lukaku. So they, they have lost a striker who gave them, I think, 25-30 goals last season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, overall speaking, I think AC Milan will be a tough team. It's not going to be that easy anymore. Uh, so Group B is extremely difficult. And, and uh, yeah, it'll be uh, perhaps one of the most interesting groups. No, I, I was going to say, I, I'm going to copy on this one too and say Atletico probably beats out Liverpool. Um, but I think Liverpool goes further on in the tournament. But I do think Atletico beats them in the, in the group stage. Um, we're gonna, not going to cover you know, Group C in too much detail because it's you know, not, not too many big teams. But just so the, you know, everyone knows, Group C is Sporting CP. So, you know, Ronaldo's boyhood club, uh, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, and then Besiktas. So... It'll be an interesting group, but obviously no huge hitters, especially now Borussia Dortmund losing Sancho. No real big hitters. One thing I see in Group C, before you jump into Group D, is it'll be very interesting to see how many goals Haaland uh, gets in uh, gets in the Champions League because that guy has been on fire. Since the German league has started, I think for Dortmund also, first game he scored a hat-trick. And he's just 20. And he has like some real firepower in him. So uh, the only thing interesting about Group C would be, uh, personally for me, is to see how uh, Haaland plays with Dortmund. And 
potentially if Dortmund goes further into the tournament, he could even be top scorer of the Champions League. There's potential. I, I, the, the big question for me is whether Haaland is there through the season. You know, I think, I, think, I think he survives this transfer market, but I have a suspicion by Jan he'll be gone. I think the, the squad that the Dortmund's so weak now and there's so many teams hungry for a good number nine. I can't imagine, you know, Real and City aren't able to snap him up by, you know, by the by but, Jan. But, but even if they snap him up in Jan, yeah. uh, I don't think he can play Champions League because he'll already be registered with Dortmund. And you can only be registered with one club in the season, uh, so That's yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't uh, think he will be of any use if anyone signs him in Jan. That's a good point. It's either now or it's next summer. That's a good point. That's a good point to keep in mind. That is a good point to keep in mind. Uh, but that that moves out to a good transition point for Group D because it's both teams we've talked about. Uh, Group D is Inter Milan, Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sheriff. Tiraspol, who I don't know. They're a Moldovian team. I do not recognize this team. I've never heard of them. Never heard of them. I have never, no idea. Um, One prediction I can make for Group D is that Sheriff is finishing last. <laughs> I think that's an easy one. Honestly, if they trump one of those, even if they finish third, I think that's a big enough upset for them. That'll be a pretty yeah. impressive, a pretty impressive yeah, outing for them. Um, but this is this is an interesting one, you know, because I, I I'm very interested by this group, specifically. Like you said, Inter Milan, right? Inter Milan, incredible job to win this Serie A. Obviously, you know, breaking Juve's dominance. But since then, have lost two huge pieces. Namely, Lukaku and their coach, right? Conte is no longer the coach. So, yes. they, they're an interesting team. But they obviously have some fatal flaws, right? I think, I think they're still the best team in this group. But... How good do you think they are this season, Inter? You know, can they really make much of a? Can they really make much noise when it gets to the knockout stage? See, um, uh, I think you've pretty much covered up when you talk about losing Lukaku. Uh, you lose a player who got them like 25-30 goals last season and was the second highest goal scorer in the league after Ronaldo. And then you lose out on a manager like Conte, who I think in the span of two three years made them champions and broke the stronghold that Juventus had. So, I don't know. Uh, you know who the new manager is? Uh, for Juve? For, for Inter? Uh, for, for Inter. For Inter. Who the for new manager Inter? Uh, Inzaghi. It's Inzaghi. Yeah. Inzaghi. So again, see, yeah. you have Inzaghi out there who's, who doesn't have that much experience. It's like having Polo and Juventus last season who did not have that much experience and they didn't have the greatest season. And now you have Inzaghi. Again, he's a legend at the club but doesn't have that much managerial experience and certainly nothing close to Conte. So I think it, it'll be very interesting to see how Inter perform. I, I don't think it's going to be as easy as... It, I wouldn't say it was easy last year, but they perhaps won't be that dominant like they were last year because Conte is a master tactician and a great coach. Even when he was in England, he made Chelsea win the league. Uh, so yeah, I, I, it'll be very interesting to see how Inter perform. And moving on to Real Madrid, I also think Real Madrid in the last few years, they haven't really lived up to the, hi- the height that they have. They had of winning three Champions League back-to-back. Um, they have got Ancelotti back who helped them win La Decima, which is the 10th Champions League title. But they have lost Varane. They have lost Ramos. They have lost their centre-back pairing. Uh, they have Hazard, who has not performed since the time he, he signed. Uh, they have Bale, who's come back to them after uh, being on loan at Tottenham. I don't, I don't really know if he is required out there, if what his situation is there. But let's see, maybe under Ancelotti he'll perform again. So Real Madrid are also not the squad that they used to be. Uh, so I think... This group would be very interesting. Uh, and 
I actually can't make up my mind who would top the group. What do you What do you have to say? I I think I think Inter finishes on top. I you know my general opinion of the Spanish teams, which is so funny because they've been such a dominant force. You know, Real and Barcelona, especially, and even Atletico. To be fair, in the Champions League, have been such a dominant force. But Real and Barcelona are now so handicapped by the regulations in La Liga. The regulations in La Liga have been so stringent, and I understand where it comes from. But it's not really feasible for them to manage their squads anymore because they managed to such high budgets in the last three years. And especially for Barcelona, the way it's dropped, the amount that they can spend has dropped almost eight times from what they could two seasons back. So the problem is just that Real and Barcelona don't have finances to kind of manage their teams to the squad they have. And like you exactly said, right? You you perfectly said it, Malu. The people who are playing for them now are people who have not are big names but haven't performed recently. Hazard, Gareth Bale, even Gareth Bale's stint at Tottenham, while well, he did score a few goals, especially towards the end, was not necessarily jaw-dropping. You know, and he's currently starting now. Obviously, once people start to come back and get recuperated from, from the Euros, you know, maybe Gareth Bale moves back to the bench. But it isn't a particularly awe-inspiring squad, right? David Alaba is a great addition from Bayern, and that's probably going to help them, you know, shore up their defense a little bit. But it does seem like a slightly flawed squad. So I definitely look at Inter, even though they've lost Lukaku. Um, I still see them as being a solid team. Lautaro Martinez, who was rumored to leave Inter, has still stayed on. So far, it's obviously two games in the Serie A, so can't really judge much from that. They've looked pretty solid, though, Inter. So I think they hold on to their number one spot. I think Real's going to be disappointing. I don't expect them to make it I too just, much further. I just feel one thing that could be, become very interesting for Real is if they actually end up signing Mbappe. I believe they've already put in two bids for Mbappe and the last bid being, I think, one, 170 million euros or something like that. Mm-hmm. If they get Mbappe in, then Real Madrid have a, have, have a strong attack, at least a strong yeah. attack. Because mm-hmm. Benzema has been firing on all cylinders uh, for the longest time, even when Ronaldo was there and post-Ronaldo. Now you have Mbappe. And if they can fix the other wing with Bale or Hazard, uh, so I, I, think, I think that's a strong front three. And and they have good midfielders in Modric and Cruz, uh, so yeah. If they get Mbappe, then I think they are a squad again who will who, who would at least hopefully make it to the quarterfinals. I guess. Yeah, with Mbappe, that that'd be a game changer. But I think with this squad, I'm thinking yeah. round of I don't know. I, I don't think they make it too much further in the group stage. They get out of the group stage and then get knocked out. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that leads us into another pretty big group. Name-wise, a big group. We got Group E, which is Bayern Munich, FC Barcelona, Benfica, Dynamo Kiev. I really want to talk about Bayern because I think in all the hype and hoopla of Messi moving to PSG and City trying for Harry Kane we've all, and Ronaldo, we've kind of forgotten about Bayern Munich. But Bayern Munich have made some two, to me, incisive and decisive moves this season. One, obviously, with you know their their coach now becoming um, now moving Hans der Flick becoming Germany's coach, they bring in Nagelsmann, who is I think one of the most touted young managers in the world and definitely in the Bundesliga, and they bring in a really smart signing of Upa Makano to shore up their central you know their centre back position, especially given they lose Alaba to Real Madrid. So Upa Makano is again such a highly touted defensive midfielder, a uh, defender rather centre back. Proven, you know, Europe, you know, for a few years now in RB Leipzig, how good he is. I think this team is being underrated. They have so much talent. We know what a goal machine Lewandowski is. Why is this be- team being slept on? And is that a mistake? Like, to me, they are 
the top one i think they're top 1 2 3 in the champions league this season and let's not forget forget i think they won the champions league two seasons back last year was chelsea and i think the season before that was was uh, bayern Correct. and yeah they have they have lewandowski who has been one of the best number 9s in the world in the last couple of years uh and they have made a good signing but yeah they've lost alaba they've lost boiteng um they have lost the manager so and I, I just feel the reason Bayern is not being talked about so much because all these clubs let it be the Italian league the German league the Spanish league they have been hit because of covid and they've not been able to spend money and they've lost players while all the english clubs they've just been they've gone out there spend money they've brought in new players psg has signed messi and juventus ronaldo has gone he's come to united so i think people actually you're correct i think that's that's the reason perhaps bayern is not being spoken about much but they have a good squad and especially given that group i i i personally see them top in the group because barcelona is just not what barcelona used to be and now that they have lost messi just like such a sucker punch for them and i'm i actually don't think like barcelona will probably make it through the group but i actually see them exit even in the 16 because they are they they are just like a bad team right now man there's something seriously wrong with them i i think this is this is a group where there's a good possibility for an upset and it it has to be barcelona barcelona is definitely the weak link you know i look at this squad i was looking at the squad for barcelona before this call and the one thing that just comes to mind for this squad is just it is such a shored up team it is such an old team like these are people who are really good at one point but i think are completely completely out of the element anymore right you've got gerard pk you have uh busquets busquets miral you know you know miralem pjanic coutinho um griezmann who's griezmann you know, uh, highly inconsistent aguero aguero and the one thing they they've tried to send i think basically the entire responsibility for barcelona will be shouldered on three people it's going to be ansu fati it's going to be pedri who seems to have just an unbelievable motor he's like able to run basically tournament to tournament to tournament i can't believe he played the euros and the olympics but anyway he pedri and then i think lastly they're going to rely on you know hopefully on the defensive end like someone like a you know Sergio Roberto still relatively young maybe or no Sergio Roberto Sergio Roberto is pretty old Sergio Dest maybe someone like that just shining for them on the defensive end but other than that this team is so so old and it just isn't looking like a team that's going to be competitive um in 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 a in a Champions League where we're saying there's so many stacked teams right they just don't seem like they're completely out of the element and i just want to do one quick moment of completely crapping on Memphis Depay I don't understand why this guy is valued so highly and maybe it's it's because of the sampling error of the games I watch he is always rated so highly but I think he just is not I think he's got good ball control and he does a reasonable number of tricks but I think he gives you all the useless things that Neymar does like he does this bunch of trickery like next to the corner flag in positions that are completely useless and is not a great converter I know he had a good season with Lyon last year but i think he's such an overhyped player and when i have watched him you know it's been with manchester united i've watched him when he's played in netherlands i think he's a highly overbloated and overtouted player that i think is not really going to contribute much to this barcelona side and losing messi and substituting with kun aguero who's a great number 9 but is is definitely not at his prime right now and memphis depay is is a problem and they're going to suffer you know again 
it's it's some some amount of it is just the La Liga regulations. They don't have the money to do much, but it's going to be a disappointing Barcelona. I I feel sorry for Koeman to you know I don't know if this is what he signed up for when he signed with Barcelona. <laughs> oh, I absolutely agree with you. Barcelona, their team currently is is not a co- um, cohesive team like it used to be in the past. It is a team that totally depends on one guy having like a freak moment and producing like individual magic and winning something. But again, you know, I don't see too many players able to do that because Deepai, like you mentioned, is very frustrating. His end product is absolutely, I wouldn't say zero, but it's not there. And all that trickery, if you don't have end product, counts for nothing. Aguero, someone who's massively injury prone, when he plays, he can play really well, but serious injury problems. And then they have an aging squad. You have Dembele, who who you paid like God knows, over 100 million, again, injury prone. So yeah, I just I just think uh, Barca are going to struggle a lot, and um, yeah, you're correct, man. Could be one of the upsets also. You never know if if Benfica finished second in the group. I, I completely agree. This this is one where I think, like I said, this, there's some upset potential. That was Group E, Malu. We're getting into it. It's Group F, baby. I know every United fan is on an absolute high this week because of a certain Ronnie who's returned back to the Red Devils. Um, let me quickly go through who's in that group. You have Villarreal, Manchester United, Atlanta, BSC Young Boys. Malu, I'm completely handing it off to you. This is your team. What the heck is going to happen in United this season? They have a, a they have a Galactico who loves winning Champions League trophies. What is going to happen with United this season? And try to keep personal bias out of it, dude. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. So, like, just talking specifically based on this group, I think. Uh, on paper and in reality, United should be winning this group easy, hands down. I don't think Atlanta or Young Boys is going to be much of a competition for them. Villarreal, again, I don't think should be a competition for them, especially considering the fact that we lost to them in the Europa League final last last year, which was a massive disappointment. I think the boys should be fired up to go and beat them twice, home and away. Uh, so I potentially see United uh, sailing through this group and keep in mind the kind of squad depth that these guys have. It's unreal. They have talented players uh, in every single position. They have talented players on the bench who can come on anytime. And I think in the Champions League this season, if you're still allowed five substitutions a game, United is a scary squad. It's a scary team. So, um, because you said you should not be like biased, I, I'll try not to be biased, but I actually feel uh, six games United could potentially get 18 points. Or we could easily get 15 points and above. I really see that happen. And um, I would say out of all the top clubs that we've covered till now, United have perhaps one of the easiest groups, if not the easiest group, uh, considering their squad power and, and uh, the kind of players they've brought in. And also, like you mentioned, man, we've had a very good transfer window. And to be very honest, it's been a very long time since United have had a good transfer window. There have been windows where we've just spent crazy money, gotten big names, but not really thought about how they will fit into the squad. But right now, we've actually got players who have improved the squad. We needed a centre-back. We got Varane. Um, We needed a right-winger. Finally, we got Sancho. And we needed a right-winger for the longest time, man. And we've, we've got Ronaldo, who... See, to be honest, we did not need the number nine. But getting a player like Ronaldo who can still guarantee you perhaps 25 goals is massive. And obviously, Ronaldo has other reasons also. It could be political because you don't want City uh, getting, getting um, uh, 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 basically getting Ronaldo and getting ahead of United. It could be commercial, it could be whatever. Uh, so I think United have a fantastic squad and uh, we should be topping this group and we should actually be going far in the Champions League this season. 
I, I hate to say it, but I do think, I also think, I, and I, I, I discussed a lot with, with another friend of mine, which, what are the kind of squads that do well in the Champions League? And I really think, for whatever reason, pace is a huge thing in the Champions League. It's, it's almost like FIFA. But teams that are able to play a pacey style of football, I think typically tend to be pretty, pretty good in the Champions League. There are very few, I think, possession-heavy teams that have been super successful. Barcelona is the exception, but Barcelona was just such an exceptional possession team that, you, that, that, that they were an exception. And I think United has that this season, right? You Attacking-wise, when you talk about you have Ronaldo, Sancho, Cavani probably coming off the bench, Rashford, who had six goals in the Champions League last season, there is a real, real force to reckon with. So, I hate to say it. I still don't see them as a top three team in the Champions League. But again, the good, the beauty of the Champions League is almost never... It surprises never, you. It surprises you. I don't know how many times we've ever had the number one and number two team in the reach, you know, at the start of the season, squad-wise, reach the finals. It's not a very... It's not a common occurrence. Because a lot of times also, they might meet each other at an earlier stage. You know, you might just get a good bypass through the, to the finals. So... As long as United, you know, get maybe a decent route to the finals and a little bit of luck, there's a good chance they might actually make it through. Because I love that. I, I hate to say it, but I really, really like the look of their squad this season. Um, and also for me, I think United, uh, I think quarterfinals should be pretty much autopilot mode for United because this group is an easy group for United. Last season, we didn't even make it through the group stage. Uh, but this year we have an easy group, so we should make it. And in the round of 16, the only top, the only teams who could like really, really uh, be a problem for United, according to me, is Chelsea and Man City and PSG. Uh, so in the round of 16, you can't face Chelsea, Man City, or as a matter of fact, even Liverpool, because you can't face teams of, from your country. So I think the quarterfinals should not be a problem for United, unless in the round of 16 we get PSG, then that'll be a tough game. But Till the quarterfinals, I think it should be smooth for United. After that is when the competition would really, really start for United. And the best thing is that we have experienced players who, who won the Champions League multiple times and such a good squad depth that um, hopefully, 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 this season United perform well in the Champions League. I will. The one thing I will say is I actually see this as a little more of an interesting group. I still think United is, is the best team in this group. I definitely see them finishing on top. But I think this could be interesting. And here's why. Atlanta is an interesting team to me. Because, you know, when we talk about teams that are similar in that sense, right? Fast teams um, that, that, that can cause problems by their pace. Atlanta is that. They actually had a decent season last year in the Serie A. They finished third in the Serie A after Inter Milan and AC Milan. They're a very fast squad. I think after that, their performance in the you know Champions League a couple of seasons back, everyone became kind of a Gasparini fan and a Gasparini fanatic. A fanatic. They've largely kept their squad the same. I'm so impressed by Gozins, who had a great Euro, still with the team. Um, so I think they could give a bit of a challenge, and I think they might especially compete with Villarreal for that second spot. I also think that they, they could be a challenge for United again. I still think United wins the group, but could be a bit of a challenge for them. And I think Villarreal too. You know, they, they've had a great season. Obviously, they're a solid. Uh, they 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 obviously won the the Europa League last year. The only reason I think they don't, they could be the team that drops out is, I think Unai Emery just loves the Europa League too much. Like, I honestly think they might tank and lose the Champions League to get straight into the Europa League as soon as they can. Like, almost, we're almost at the end. Group G is not too much to talk about, so I won't go too much in this group. It's got Lille, Sevilla, RB Salzburg, and uh, Wolfsburg. 
interesting, you know, there might be some teams that go far, you know, surprising teams that go far, but not too much to talk about in terms of, in terms of big names in this group. So I'll shuttle over to group H. Surprised to say it, but Champions League winners, Chelsea, Juventus, Zenit St. Petersburg, and Malmo FF. Seems like an easy answer. Can Chelsea repeat? <laughs> oh, no. I don't think Chelsea will repeat. I don't think Chelsea will repeat. Uh, see, you know, Chelsea's season last year when it started off, it was they were just miserable. They spent two fifty million pounds, but obviously Lampard didn't have that much experience and they just couldn't do much. Then they get in a new manager and after the next six months of the season is fantastic to an extent when they go to win the Champions League against City, who were considered to be favourites. And again, in fact, as a matter of fact, uh, was it yesterday... Yeah, I think it was yesterday when Chelsea played Liverpool. They went down to 10 men and still managed to finish one all. So Chelsea have a very good squad. Um, they will definitely make it far in the Champions League. I see them topping this group. I do not think Juventus is going to be too much of a problem for them or the other teams. Uh, so Chelsea first, Juventus second. And I, and, I, and I personally feel Chelsea would at least make it to the semis. I see Chelsea making it to the semis, yeah. Uh, they have a very good squad. They have a manager who's just won the Champions League last season. They have a young squad. And like you just mentioned, they have a, they have a squad that is fast too. Uh, so, yeah, I th- think uh, Chelsea is a team to look out for. But for them to win the Champions League, I don't see that happening. I personally have a strong feeling it's either going to be PSG or City. I think so. And I think, you know, with that team, there's a little bit of an inexperience factor, right? I think there's a little bit of that. There's so many young, great talent. You know, you're obviously talking about you know, Kai Havertz, you have Werner, you have Lukaku. Um, but there's a little bit of inexperience with going very far in the Champions League. Barring last year, of course, where they won it. Of course, fantastic performance and a lot of those players were consistent. There's, there's still a young squad. And I think young squads, it's, you can win it twice in a row. But I think it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty darn challenging it's, it being crowned champions again. I am a little bit interested in Juventus. And here's why I say that. I think they're a little bit like Bayern Munich where because they haven't made any massive moves and obviously they lost Ronaldo, they're almost being touted as being out of it. But I think they can make more noise than people are expecting. And, and here's why. Defensively, we know they have that Italian backbone, right? Bonucci and Chiellini, obviously old, but still very solid as they proved in the Euros this year. Matthias Delict is, 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 I feel, coming to his own, especially last season. He's coming back into form. I think he's a solid defensive player for midfield. So, from a defensive perspective, they're still one of the best teams, barring the goalkeeper, you know, Chesney. I'm an Arsenal fan. I know how eh Chesney is. Um, but centre-back-wise, they're one of the most solid defensive teams. They'll have fast wing-backs with like Cuadrado and Sandro who will move along the wings pretty quickly. And then in the midfield, I think they have an interesting team. Again, a very solidly Italian, but you have Chiesa, who had a great Euros, who I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of each day that I watch him. Make a cool signing of Locatelli, who had, a, again, a decent Euros, was coming off the bench, but had a couple of games where he scored a solid couple of goals. Weston McKinney and Adrian Rabio, who are both young midfielders coming through in the team. So I think they can make some noise. You know, Obviously, up front, you know, they're going to rely a lot on Dybala and Ronaldo is going to be missed because he is such a heavy goal scorer. So up front is where their biggest weaknesses are. But I think they actually, like Bayern Munich, are a solid squad that's being kind of talked, not talked about too much because they haven't been that much in the transfer news and the transfer rumors. Um, so they could be interesting to me. I think they could be a semi-finalist in my opinion. Okay, that'll be interesting. My only problem with Juventus is like, see, like you mentioned, they have a strong defense and they have a strong midfield. 
and Italian teams generally are defensive in nature. But I do not even see them as a counter-attacking team. I don't see any of the strikers being super fast like some of the other teams. So for Juventus to counter-attack, I think it's going to be difficult. Uh, I don't see them as too much of a possession-based team. They they also don't have a target man anymore like Ronaldo where you just float in crosses or you play like quick one-twos with him or you give him a chance. So I, I really feel Juventus would struggle. And I think with Allegri coming back in, Juventus uh, shipping out Ronaldo, cutting down their uh, wage bill, uh, I think this is a start of a new project for them. So I think this, this Champions League could perhaps be one that they can just forget and... Uh, start building on Champions League for two years down the line or something like that. That's true. I don't think any of these guys are capable of like the Superman headers that Ronaldo does. I mean, the number of times this man jumped. I like. I, I don't know if you find this, Malu. I think he can jump higher now than he could when he was younger. Like, I think he's actually jumping higher than he was when he was like five years ago. It's unbelievable. Like, I feel like each team he goes to, he's jumping higher and higher. Like some of those headers that he is reaching, like not all scoring, but he's reaching. And, and, and also for, yeah, and also for Ronaldo in Juventus, I think he was one player who was consistently getting them goals uh, in the Champions League, and he just didn't have the support of his team. If he had a better team around him, I think Juventus would have gone f- f- uh, 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 farther in every single Champions League over the last three years. But I don't think that's happened. And now that they've lost the person who's getting them the goals and not replaced him with anyone. I just think Juventus are perhaps going to struggle. No, it's a good point. I was actually looking up, like, you know, especially last season, how many goals did he have in the um, in, in, in the Champions League? So, he had four goals in the Champions League and he had 29 goals in the Serie A. This man is just a goal-scoring machine, man. I, I, I honestly had, yeah. like, forgotten about him because I don't follow the, you know, Serie A as much as I follow, you know, even the La Liga, to be honest. But he has been scoring. Um... So, so with that, you know, Malu, I think we've covered all the groups. Those are the those are the groups, you know, that we have. Oh, we're had. done with all the groups. We're actually done with them. Interestingly, that was pretty cool. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't hear Arsenal at all. <laughs> oh boy, you're I not going to hear Arsenal. I, just no, I mean, I don't think we're going to hear Arsenal. I don't know. I, I, we shared this message in our in our group chat, but at this point, Arsenal fans were mocking City fans by saying, "City, you're not special. We lose to everyone, essentially." Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing Arsenal in the Champions League or Europa League for a while. Uh, <laughs> You're not in the Europa League also. And this is like a genuine question. Genuinely not in the Europa League, not in the Conference League. UEFA is trying to bring in more tournaments to get us in. At this point, I'm changing my opinion on the Europa Super League. I'm starting to buy into the Europa Super League as a, as a better option. <laughs> Uh, no, so we're in, we're in nothing this year. So we are mostly just, well, you know, I would I would say that's, you know, would, would give us the option to perform better in the Premier League since we have one tournament. But, but, but the, the way you guys have started and you all just got thrashed by City 5-0 yesterday. Uh, dude, I feel Arsenal are going to have a very, very difficult season. Uh, it's, it's a long, it's going to be a long season. It's going to be a long season. I think I've unsubscribed to any subscriptions that do Premier League. I'm just focusing <laughs> on, uh, I'm just switching to PSG at this point. Uh, But with that, Malu, I have a couple of questions. So a couple of predictions for us before we wrap up this episode. A couple of quick predictions. Um, Number one, who are one of the underdog teams that you think will go far? I feel like every year there's some team that goes further than you expect. If it's an RP Leipzig, Atlanta two seasons ago. Is there a team who you think, like an underdog team, a relatively unknown team, who you think could go farther than you expect? Maybe even reach the semis. That's a tough call, man. I'm not quite sure which team could go to the semis. Uh, 
I just have a feeling that Dortmund might perform well in the Champions League. And that's only because of uh, Holland. I think that guy's an amazing striker. And he can score goals out of nothing. So I have a feeling that a team like Dortmund could... I don't know about semis, to be honest. But I think they, they, they could perhaps uh, bring about an upset. And they could perhaps go on to the quarterfinals. And then, let's see, maybe beyond that. That's fair. Semis is a bit of a high. That, that, that's a bit of a high part across. But yeah, I agree. Like quarterfinals. My, my team is actually, interestingly, the team that we talked about, which is Villarreal. I, I, but, you know, as long as they don't tank under Yuna Emery to just go to the Europa League, I think they have an interesting team, right? They, they've got some solid defenders in Pau Torres, Raul Albiol, who are obviously... Raul Albiol's old, but he's still playing for Villarreal. And I think he's still a solid right back for them. Pau Torres, who's now a Spanish um, like starting centre-back for Spain. And then I think they have that X-factor up top, which I think is Paco Alcacer. I think he's this weird player who's like relatively unknown, but a guy who just gets goals. He reminds me like of a cheap version of Raul. Like he's not a super fancy player, but he gets goals. Like he's in the box and he gets goals. Last season in the Europa League, he was really effective. I believe scored against United in the finals. I might be mistaken though. Um, but just a solid like X factor. So I think he might be a bit of an X factor that could get them over to the quarterfinals, um, but probably not not too much further. Maybe semis, but I think that's that's about it. So, Malu, who now the 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 flip side of that is who is a big team, a big name team that you think will get knocked out pretty early. You know, maybe even the group stage, or you know, or one of the earlier knockout stages. Uh, I definitely think it's going to be Barcelona. I do not see Barcelona progress well in this tournament. Uh, so, yeah, I think it will be... Which are the other big teams? Are we counting AC Milan and Inter Milan as big teams? Uh, or are, are we not counting them as big teams? Let's count Inter, maybe not AC. Let's say Inter. Yeah, I, I, I would put them in the same category as Barcelona. I, I think both of them are going to be uh, knocked out pretty soon. Um, they they should make it through their group, mm-hmm. uh, but I do not think they will go beyond the round of sixteen if they get one of the top teams. If they get um, some some not like not such a big team or a difficult team, then yeah, I think they would make it further. But if they get one of the top teams, I do not see Barcelona or Inter make it beyond the round of sixteen. I I actually am going to agree with you on that. I'm actually well, I would I was thinking Barcelona as well, but just to give a different answer. And this is ironic because I'm completely flipping stance from what I had earlier. You've almost convinced me of this. I think Liverpool might be a surprise exit in the group stage. Like you said, they've got AC Milan. I don't know how Porto is, how good Porto is anymore. They've historically been a decent club. So I think they, they might actually be a team that potentially even gets knocked on in the group stage. You've almost convinced me of the fact that if they keep their 11, this is a weird thing. If they maintain their 11, I think they could be a finalist. If they don't, which I think is likely because just every team has injuries nowadays. That's just the way that things go. I think they could be an early, an early knockout, potentially even in the group stage. You know, one thing I'd like to touch upon Liverpool uh, yep. before you ask me any, any further questions is, you know, there was a very interesting analysis of seeing, I don't exactly remember the numbers, uh, but there was a very interesting analysis of seeing where, where this analyst was talking about the front three of big clubs. So like, for example, in Real Madrid, you had Bale, Ronaldo, Benzema. In Barca, you had um, Suarez, Neymar and Messi. Uh, with United, there was a time when we had Tevez, Rooney and Ronaldo. So basically, these front three are always cycles. And they performed their absolute best for a period of two, 
max to max three years. And after that, the cycle needs to evolve. The cycle needs to change. For example, when it was United, we had Ronaldo, Tevez and Rooney for a period of, I think, two years. And then Tevez and Ronaldo, both, we lost them in one transfer window. Um, with Bale, Benzema and Ronaldo also, it was, uh, I think Bale came in a little, little bit later. Ronaldo and Benzema were already there. And then Ronaldo moved on. With uh, the MSN trio, also Neymar moved on to PSG. The thing in the thing with Liverpool is they've had Mane, Firmino, and Salah. I think now this is their fourth season or fifth season together. Fourth season, I think for sure. I don't know about the fifth season together. Right. But the fact that they've been together for such a long period of time, uh, based on stats and numbers, is actually stacked up against them. The the trios work best for a period of two max three seasons, and beyond that. It generally doesn't work very well. So now this, this these are all numbers, and I, I I forget the source where I got it from, so I could reference that. But um, if 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 you are just going statistically, I think the trio might not even perform that well. So if that doesn't happen, and Liverpool manages to maintain their starting eleven every game, but the trio is not firing the way it used to. So yeah, you are correct. Liverpool could be an early upset. That's a great point. It's an interesting thought process. Now that I think about it, you make a really good point because I'm trying to think of them that you know the teams that have been able to maintain those over a long period of time. There, there aren't a lot. I think they might look to Diego Jota, Diego Jota, Diego Jota. I keep forgetting his first name, but Jota to maybe infuse some fresh blood and maybe sub in for Firmino. But that's a good point. They do look like it's almost like people now know what they do. They they know what they do and they know how to deal with it. So it's maybe right. a little. It's gotten old almost. Um, but with that, Malu, the big question, who will finish off as finalists? Who will be the finalists of the Champions League and who wins the Champions League this season? Finalists. I would like to believe the finalists are going to be PSG and, you know, my heart wants to say Man United. (laughs) My head is telling me that I think it's going to be PSG and Man City. Uh, I think the semi-finalists would perhaps be Chelsea, United, Man City, PSG. And I have a feeling that it's going to be PSG and Man City. And I think if, again, subject to Mbappe remaining at PSG, if that happens, I actually think PSG will finally win the Champions League this season. So I'm I'm going to stick with my guns because I've, I've been such given PSG so much hate already. I'm going to stick with my guns and say they don't even reach the finals. I think they reach the semis and get knocked out in the semis in some bizarre fashion. Um, I think Bayern reached the finals. I, I really like this Bayern squad. I think Leva is just unbelievable. And I'm going to go with you on the other finalists, which I think City. I think City makes it again. And I'm going to actually say Bayern are Champions League. Our Champions League winners this season. Hopefully, they don't disappoint me just get knocked out on the group stage. But I think that's that's my prediction. Um, but with that, I think that's that's the end of our episode. Uh, uh, just a recap of the Champions League so far. If you're you know if you're interested in the Champions League, follow the Champions League. Do leave us comments who you think will win, who you think the winners could be, who you think will be disappointments, or any other comments. Also, let us know via DM, via chat, however you want to let us know via comments. Any other topics that you want us to cover any other sporting events that you want us to look at. That's all for this week, but we'll be back with you next weekend with another episode. So take care, stay safe, and have a great week. Bye. Bye, guys.